We at WGOC continue to track the COVID-19 vaccine for you, and we are joined now by Dr. Stephen Thacker, the Associate Chief Medical Officer for Memorial Health, to talk about a lot of new information that came out this week from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Thank you so much, Dr. Thacker, for joining us. Uh, how are you doing? How is everything going over at Memorial right now as we continue this fight against COVID-19? Gotcha. You know, it, we're, we're still a busy uh, healthcare center, but uh, we're busy with uh, health conditions that, that are really not directly COVID related. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. Our, our community and our region right now is still in a plateau uh, phase, but we're definitely keeping a cautious eye as to what's happening in other states uh, here in the U.S and continuing to be prepared if there is an increase in cases. But right now, um, it, it's a much better place to be in than say where we were in, in January and February. Absolutely, it seems like the light is at the end of the tunnel. Um, widespread vaccine availability in our county, and now some new guidance from the CDC about mask use, specifically recommendations for what those who are fully vaccinated can do. Talk a little bit about that. Gotcha, you know, I, I think it's, it's a, optimistic tone and it's um, it's important messaging because we're coming off a really long period where CDC and health providers have really been speaking to the things we, we can't do. And so now let's let's shift the narrative and talk to the things that we can do, especially for those that are protected through vaccination. And so the, the most recent updates from the CDC tackled uh, an area where we really have learned a lot uh, during this pandemic about what is the real risk of acquiring infection from COVID-19 when we're outdoors in well-ventilated environments. And, and the answer is it's, it's really unlikely. And so with that, the, we've gotten new guidance, especially for those that are vaccinated, um, that, uh, and even those that may not, that for, uh, you know, outside gatherings, generally, you know, masking is not gonna be required if it's a large, you know, um, you know, high attendance event, like an outdoor uh, arena event or concert, um, it still might be recommended that we wear masking to protect ourselves since we can't socially distance in those environments. And then uh, we shifted to to talk about what we can do in our own homes and indoor spaces that, you know, indoor visits and small gatherings are really likely to have a pretty small risk of fully vaccinated individuals. And so people can gather and um, not mask and, um, you know, not have to pay as such close attention to social distancing. Um, you know, although for, for large scale indoor gatherings um, that have uh, folks that are unvaccinated or might have folks that have a risk of really bad outcomes from COVID-19, I think the guidance around social distancing and masking should still be observed because what we're still doing with all of this mm -hmm. is protecting communities so that we can protect our most at-risk individuals. And so we still have that guidance um, to keep in mind about uh, social distancing and masking. We're around those who can't be vaccinated and, or have chosen not to and are high risk for bad outcomes from the disease. Absolutely. So, I mean, it seems at this point that we know that if you are fully vaccinated this summer, you can do a lot of activities outdoors or indoors, but it seems that the biggest issue is just how many people and how closely you're going to be together with those people. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, it, it there's nothing that eliminates risk really for a lot of, of conditions when we think about it. And so um, I think we're getting much more comfortable thinking through, you know, how risky is this environment that I'm in and now weighing in and layering in the protective benefit of vaccination um, that really lowers that risk. So, so for folks that are fully vaccinated, 
um, you know, it's, it's a safer place to be. Um, the more people in your community that are vaccinated, the safer your community is and, and people will get back uh, closer to that normalcy of, of the pre-pandemic uh, with that strategy. And, um, you know, I think this, this guidance really is uh, hopefully one is, is, is a boon to, to people's uh, well-being um, that are on the other side of this pandemic, but also hopefully folks that are on the, on the wait and see and they're, you know, not 100% sure about choosing vaccination for themselves or seeing that, gosh, you know, these are the protective benefits that this vaccine offers me above and beyond my health. I get, I get back to uh, my normal life that I had pre-pandemic and perhaps I should choose vaccination right. uh, for myself if I haven't already. You know, Dr. Thacker, I have to ask, in, in your opinion, with what you see every day in your line of work, are we to the point now where the people who want the vaccine and believe in the science and trust the science of the vaccine, are they already vaccinated? I mean, are, you, are there people that are still truly on the fence or just to me, it kind of seems like if you would have wanted the vaccine, you would have gotten it by now. I got my second mm -hmm. dose a couple of weeks ago and there were more volunteers at the Savannah Civic Center where I got mine than there were people getting the vaccine that day. I mean, the demand has fallen nationwide 25%. So have we kind of hit the plateau? Right. You know, I, I think uh, with each tier that opened up, we, we saw this uh, rapid rush, mm -hmm. you know, to engage with the vaccine vaccination clinics and the process and get vaccinated. And I do think the, the discussion around vaccine access has changed a lot. Um, it's both a good and a good thing and also a challenging um, place to be in. And that at least in our region, in the state of Georgia, we have uh, ample access to, to vaccine. And what we need to do now is shift from that model of large scale mass vaccination sites, um, because those folks that were excited about getting vaccination yeah. and ready to um, pursue it have already had the opportunity and taken upon it. We need to now shift to how we discuss those folks that um, are not uh, necessarily dead set against vaccination, but are still on that wait and see. And I'd like to learn more before I make my decision, uh, because that that's the of the big next opportunity I think many of our communities have and likely having smaller vaccination events that target um, um, certain uh, neighborhoods or certain um, uh, communities that gather um, and, and being able to get in front of them, have uh, informed discussion uh, that's open and honest um, about the risk and benefits around vaccination um, so that people can get their questions heard so that they can make a, a, an informed and what I would believe the correct decision to, to pursue vaccination. Absolutely. And I think a big question a lot of people have now, especially as we're starting to see things open up all over the country, kids are going to be out of school soon. What about those families where the parents are vaccinated, grandma and grandpa are vaccinated, but what about the, the children under the age of 16 who aren't eligible yet for the vaccine? What can they do? I mean, we're hearing, for example, Richmond Hill, they're having their 4th of July celebration. It's a go on July 3rd. I mean, is it safe for a family to attend events like these, even if children aren't vaccinated? Yeah, you know, again, I think it's it falls into that same discussion of weighing risk. Uh, we've gotten very good at talking through risk uh, during this pandemic, and so um, I think that that can be done in a safe way. Um, I would encourage folks to continue to um, use masking and social distancing for those children if they can during these, these events. But um, I would, your example of the, the full family unit around that child being vaccinated is an excellent example. And, and that would really be my message to parents if they've not chosen vaccination for themselves. One of the 
most protective things we can do is uh, what we call cocooning. So we, we, we vaccinate and um, uh, uh, the people around the individual who can't, who might be at risk for infection. And so you think about who's around that child most, it's usually going to be that family that supports them. And so I would really, as a parent, uh, pursue you know, vaccination for myself if I haven't already, but also my family members that are going to be part of my um, core unit, you know, that's going to be around my children throughout the summer, because I do think we'll be talking about opening vaccination to children um, in, in late summer. Wow, that's soon. Um, you are a pediatric specialist, so I do also want to ask you about something on the minds of a lot of parents right now, not necessarily related to the vaccine, because again, children aren't eligible yet. Summer camp, the CDC releasing some guidelines for summer camps this summer, basically saying keep the masks on, keep the social distancing, keep them in little pods. I mean, do you feel summer camp is safe overnight camp? Would you feel comfortable sending children to an overnight camp right now? Yeah, you know, it, I, I don't think there's a, bla uh, a blanket answer to that. Um, I think the answer has to be tailored to the risk of each family unit. Um, so if I'm in a household who has someone who is very at risk for um, a bad outcome from COVID-19, I have to think about that when I'm making a decision about overnight camps. Um, but you can also make an informed decision too as a parent or, or guardian that's sending your child to a camp and looking at what are their policies that they have in place? Have they um, pursued vaccination for their counselors and their workforce that are there. Because honestly, when I think about, you know, who's usually at a camp helping run it, um, help, helping provide that, uh, you know, experience for, for children, we're talking about folks in, you know, in their, their late teens to early 30s. And, and these are folks that we know are um, an opportunity for spreading infection. And so most camps, I, th I think, are being very attentive to engaging with their counselors and their, um, uh, their camp team members and making sure that they have had access to vaccine and have pursued it. And I think it would be a fair question for families to ask of those folks that are um, uh, running these camps, what's their approach and strategy around vaccination for their teens? Because really that's gonna be your best way to protect right. those children. Wow, that's really good advice. That's something parents should definitely ask about. I wanna talk about um, breakthrough cases. We know they are rare, but they exist. A few thousand, I believe, out of the millions of people who have been vaccinated. And I just feel that breakthrough cases only give a reason for people to be more skeptical of the skeptical of the vaccine. Have we heard of any breakthrough cases locally? Um, I, I have, um, but you know, I, I think I think the most important message for folks to hear is that breakthrough cases are expected. Um, there is no, there is nothing unexpected about the fact that there are folks who have gotten a vaccine and in very extremely rare um, uh, examples, folks that are getting getting infection following the, their vaccination. Because when we look at our real world efficacy of the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine, where it's not a controlled clinical trial environment, we're, we're looking at around 90% effective at preventing infection. And that is an amazingly good number when it comes to vaccination. And so what that says, though, is that we've got 10% of folks that receive the vaccine who, who may experience infection following the vaccine. Um, and I would hope that folks hear that and still um, uh, press on because, uh, one, 90% protection is excellent. Yeah. Um, but also for those folks that have had breakthrough infection despite appropriate vaccination, most of them, we believe, are having less severe symptoms um, uh, because of the benefit of the antibodies that they've they've made uh, with their vaccine series. So 
Um, if the fact that we have uh, breakthrough cases should not be a deterrent for folks to pursue vaccination. Um, it is it is expected and the rate is extremely low. And my last question for you, I know kind of once the, the vaccine rollout began, a lot of health leaders said, you know, once the US hits about 70% vaccination rate, the country will hit herd immunity. Is that still the case? And you know, with the vaccination rates significantly lower in our area than they are across the country, even if the country does hit that rate, I mean, is that going to benefit us? Right. Well, um, I definitely, you know, I'll lead, lead with a positive note and then um, hopefully uh, with a, an empowering one, hopefully. So, you know, every, every person that pursues vaccination um, is, a, is a win, right? You know, that that's one individual who is protecting themselves and also is uh, is by the just the sheer fact that they're vaccinated is reducing the likelihood that they're part of someone else's infection. And so everyone who gets vaccinated is important and um, is really showing that you care for yourself and you care for your community. Um, that said, herd immunity uh, does require a certain percentage in our communities to be vaccinated to protect the community as a whole. And, and when we look at Chatham County and we look at the state of Georgia, we're not there yet. We have a lot of opportunity. So until we get that to that point, um, we remain at risk in pockets of our communities for um, return of this virus and, and causing harm and threatening folks' life and well-being. And so, uh, you know, that's why, again, I come back to, to it's so important that we really shift the discussion to target those folks that are in that wait and see, I'm not sure category around the vaccination, because those are the folks we need to bring to the table and get vaccinated for us to reach herd immunity. And then we also uh, uh, need to talk about vaccinating children. They, they make up you know roughly 25% of our population. Wow. And so until we can get to that point where we're vaccinating kids, uh, we'll also continue to have opportunity uh, for spread in our community. So. Um, you know, while Chatham County's done well relative to the state, our state as a whole is lagging behind where it needs to be. Yeah, so everyone just needs to do their part. Thank mm -hmm. you so much, Dr. Thacker. We appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Have a great day. Thank you so much.